Welcome to the Bulls Guys Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. The Chicago Bulls defeat the Sacramento Kings 125 to 118. On today's show, we're going to discuss the game results, game stats, and the action that took place in the game. Breaking news the Bulls will sign Tristan Thompson after he clears waivers from the Indiana Pacers. The Bulls finally get their big man. Update on Zach Levine's knee. How will he be after the All-Star break and moving forward? We're going to go over all of that after this break. You're listening to the Bulls Guys Podcast, where we talk about your Chicago Bulls and give an unbiased take. Thank you for listening and like and subscribe. How do you feel about the Bulls? How would you like to be on our show, the Bulls Guys Podcast, and give your thoughts on the team? Send us your emails at talkingbulls82 at gmail.com and we'll be glad to have you on. Back here on the Bulls Guys Podcast, I'm your host, Kenyatta Wright, and this is my co-host, Greg Love. What's going on? Greg, big show tonight. Fans, also like and subscribe Please hit that subscribe button so you can be updated on our new content. And um, today, Greg, we, we have a lot to cover. But first, this game, the Chicago Bulls, um, it never felt like they were out of this game. It felt like they were always, you know, in, in, in control, even though Sacramento pulled it within two. Sacramento even took the lead a few times. Um, I felt like the Bulls, uh, they kept giving up penetration to – uh, Sacramento kept giving easy access to the rim to De'Arian Fox and Sabonis. So there's a lot to uh, work on right there, and we will get that corrected because now we got Tristan Thompson, Greg, big news, breaking news. So let's dive into that a little bit before we go uh, more into the game. This just happened about an hour ago. You texted me on my phone and told me that Shams had reported that the Bulls will get Tristan Thompson as the clears waivers. So, yeah, actually, uh, it's funny. I was watching the game, and uh, Stacey King brought it up on the on the broadcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were talking about Javante being a small power forward, and then they brought up and said the Bulls are going to more than likely sign Tristan Thompson as soon as he clears waivers. So, yeah, I shot you a text real quick. Mm-hmm. And uh, you went and, you know, scoured Twitter and confirmed it. So that'll be – a great help uh, get some size. I know you've been screaming from the mountaintops that AK needs to get some size for us. So, uh, you know, he finally listened to you, and uh, we'll we'll see how this goes going forward. And he has 17 and 6 tonight in the winner um, against the Washington Wizards for the Indiana Pacers. So this is a guy that can, 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 can produce. You know, he's not just going to be a rebounder. He can also score. He won an NBA championship with Cleveland. Back in, what, 2016 with LeBron and Kyrie Irving. So this is a guy that has some experience, has been in the finals. Um, He's going to play hard every night. And he got some attitude to him, and and that's what I like. Um, I think it's a great pickup. 
You know, you add him with Vooch. Now Vooch becomes the big man that you probably want him to be now that he has some enforcement alongside him. But if you got Vooch chasing people around and trying to defend the paint, that's a little bit too much for, for Vooch. So I think pairing Tristan Thompson with Vooch, that you'll see an improvement in Vooch's game now that he has a real big man beside him. Yeah, I think it takes the pressure off of Vooch defensively because – Vooch has never been just that lockdown anchor defender, right? Mm-hmm. Like the defensive stalwart. That's that's not Vooch, right? Like not that, you know, he's just letting everybody score whatever they feel like, it, even though at times it could seem that way. But I think having somebody who is focused on defense for the most part, like that'll allow Vooch to do what he's comfortable with, right? Like he can also come off the ball get some, you know, sneaky deflection, sneaky blocks, things like that. And I think we'll see Vooch be more effective on the defensive end. It, he may not necessarily be attacked so heavily on the pick and roll with Tristan Thompson down there because, you know, you're not just going to have a free lane to the basket with Tristan Roman down there. So I think this will help the Bulls' defense greatly. I think it'll help Vooch in particular. And I think okay we may see a little bit of a dip in Vooch's rebounding numbers which is completely fine with Tristan there I'm willing to live with that um but I do think we will see an improvement in his effectiveness on the defensive end well um Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox combined for 55 points in this game as both of them attack the basket at will um I think I think this 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 Kings team I'm not going to say that they're going to go to the Western Conference Finals or anything, but I think they're a team that next year, moving forward, they have a, like add a little bit more pieces. They might be one of them teams that you don't want to play, one of them scrappy teams in the West. Um, one thing that caught my eye in the fourth quarter was Ayo. Uh, he had a block off of the glass with a chase down block, and then he had uh, a poke away in the corner that resulted into a Derrick Jones dunk. Then he had a steal the very next play at the other end. Then he came down the floor and brought it down and then handed it to Kobe for the three. Ayo basically in that that one sequence at at the top of the fourth with a little bit under 12 minutes remaining, he literally got the Bulls up from up two to seven points. Just by that little bit of those couple sequences that he did, um, Greg, he's turning into not just a rookie for this team, not just a young guy, but actually – a winning part that we actually need. He's becoming a vital part of, the, of our team right now. Yeah, he's he's been very reliable, and I completely understand why Billy Donovan has him on the floor in these crunch time moments. Uh, I think, to me, the best part about AL's game, I mean, obviously besides his defense and how he gets in the guys, I love the fact that he plays like a point guard and the fact that he is – more so looking to set guys up than he is to get his own shot off. Mm-hmm. And I think that's huge. Like, you know, we talked about in the pick and roll with Vooch. Like, he plays very well in the pick and roll with Vooch. You even brought up in Summer League with Simonovic how he played well with him. You know, he's looking for Kobe, you know, to get those corner threes. There was a sequence where um, it was a fast break and Io got the ball in the corner. It looked like he had a wide open three but he starts to drive to the hole and Vooch had a mismatch on De'Aaron Fox, which resulted in a foul, but it's like, you know, 
with that point guard mentality, that pass first mentality, he's looking like, okay, yeah, I can take this three. But here, I know my big man has a mismatch roll into the basket. Let me get him the ball for the easy two. And he is playing way beyond being a rookie. And I think that is just great. Like, definitely not what we would have expected for his development, like, so far. Like, he's playing way beyond what we would have expected. And it's really contributing to the Bulls' success. So hopefully, you know, we keep going upwards and onwards and he just keeps getting better as the season goes on. And he, he plays out there like he's a vet, man. And 12 points, six assists, six rebounds, um, four for 11 from the field. I, I think that could be a lot better, but I'm going to give him a break, man. It just seemed like he was all over the floor. Six rebounds in this in this contest, man. And um, I just can't say enough. It's like we – I feel like we got an all-star, a future all-star out of the draft in the second round. It's, it's like, man, how can teams really pass up on this guy, Greg? I just don't understand it. Well, they're lost, right? Like, he he fell to us, and he's proven why he should have been a first-round pick. Uh-huh. I agree, man. I think he was a steal. I, I mean, but in the draft, I've always felt that it's not about – these players obviously going to take it personal, Greg, because when you're – Waiting right there, you know, it's a pride thing. I want to get picked first. I want to get picked before this guy. I don't want, you know, some of the guys that I played against in college or some of my teammates to get picked ahead of me. I understand it's a pride thing. I was a player as well. So I didn't want anybody to get selected before me or feel like I was playing behind somebody on the bench or whatever. I I understand that part. But the thing is, teams go after what they actually need on their team. They don't just go after a player because the way he plays. And, and some players might not understand that, but if I need a shooter or I need a big man, like how we just needed a big man, why would I go and get a point guard when I need a big man I need size? So I, I always felt like in the draft, it's all about a team fulfilling their need. They're going to draft for what their needs are. They're not going to draft a guy because he's the best player in the draft. Yeah, you might be the best player, but the team that has that selection might not need your skill set. They might need another player that's behind you. So I always felt like that's probably why. But for him to drop a whole other round, Greg, I just, nah, he was a number one selection. He should have been selected. No, 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 not a number one, but he should have been selected in the first round for sure. Yeah, I mean, but those GMs and, you know, VPs or whoever, they made a mistake and he's proven them wrong, right? Like, to me, I feel like he should really get or be more in the conversation for rookie of the year. Like, Mm -hmm. not even necessarily that he has to win it, but, like, he's not brought up. The three names I always hear brought up are Evan Mobley, Kay Cunningham, and Jalen Green. Like, they never mention Io. And, like, if you look at it, like, Io is actually contributing on the team with the best record in the East, and yet his name's not mentioned. He's in the Rising Star Challenge, but you're not bringing up his name. And one other thing that I do love about him is his attitude. And, like, I don't ever see him going and – getting at the referees when he doesn't get a call or, you know, when he makes a mistake, just pouting. Like, he's just, like, on to the next play. He'll just be like, all right, my bad or whatever. But you see that poise. He's just like, okay, like, I'm ready to go. Or, cool, you know, whatever. Like, he never gets too high or too low. And that's, like, wisdom beyond his years, man. Like, it's, it's great to see. Like you said, he he's a steal. He's probably the steal of the draft. 
mm-hmm. like easily at this point. So I, you know, I'm looking forward to what he's going to do next. Well, I, I should I sent you that Legion uh, hoops um, selection of their uh, top teams, and I believe it's their top teams in the league, their power rankings. Yeah, and it was just ridiculous to find out that the Bulls were nowhere to be found on that list, but they found the spot for the Celtics and the Raptors, two teams that just started playing ball, just started like coming along, two late bloomers. How did you find a spot for them? And they was both in the playing position about a week or two ago. But the Bulls that have been battling in the one and two and three seeds all season, they can't even get in the top 10. I, it's, it's starting to get to a point, Greg, where things are not adding up. And then I listened to Stacey King's podcast um, where he had Nick Fredell on. And I believe this was about two weeks ago. And they approached him about, you know, saying that the Bulls were going to be a play-in before the season. And he sat there, Greg, and tried to defend his his decision and still insisted after the Bulls have done what they've done all year that he stands by what he said and that this team is a play-in. But then he tried to say, oh, he said a 60. No, you said 11, bro. I've heard it out of your own mouth. But Nick Friedel, I met him. He's a nice guy. But as far as, like, giving his analysis, I think I'll pass, Greg. It doesn't seem like he really – he based his whole argument on the fact that we don't have superstars. And there's a lot of teams with superstars around the league that are not winning. It's all about team basketball, how you play as a team. It's not about superstars. The Brooklyn Nets had three superstars, and look where they are now. They're fighting to get into the playoffs. It's about staying healthy. It's about having that 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 in sync chemistry, right? It's all about all of that. It's all about coaching. All of that matters. And he just narrowed it down to, oh, well, we don't have stars. And then he said the dumbest thing I heard him say was that he'd rather have Jimmy Butler over DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine. I'm sorry, man. Uh, Jimmy Butler's been playing this year, hasn't he, Greg? Yep. And so has DeMar DeRozan, right? Yep. Uh, Who's the MVP candidate between these two right now? That would be DeMar. I don't think Jimmy Butler is playing any kind of ball close to what DeMar is playing. And and don't get me wrong. We had Jimmy and I'm still a big fan of Jimmy, but he he's not playing the type of ball that DeMar DeRozan is playing right now to make those comments before the season. I can give you a break, but seeing what the bulls are doing and to still stand behind your comments. That's flagrant, Greg. I can't accept that. I mean, the man stands on his principles. He's like he's entitled to his opinion, even if it's wrong, right? Yeah. Like that's that's really what it well, is. Well, it is wrong. <laughs> he he yeah he he feels like you know the Bulls are a playing team, regardless of what their record says and how well they've been playing. That's fine. You know they've just been proving him wrong consistently, and then at the end of the season, wherever the chips fall, he'll have to eat crow and be like, okay, well, I guess. I, when they're not a playing team, okay, I guess I was wrong about that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he, he isn't that of his opinion. If he'd rather have Jimmy Butler over Zach and DeMar, that's cool. I mean, I'm sure you'd have, you'd ha- find other people that feel like they'd rather have Jimmy Butler. I get that. But at the same time, I look at it like this. Jimmy Butler is right now on a team that is, as of right now, second in the East. 
Mm-hmm. Right, like like you said, Demar is an MVP candidate. Demar and Zach are all stars. Right, like to me, Jimmy Butler has not elevated himself to superstar level. I don't think about Jimmy Butler when I think about Giannis or you know LeBron or Embiid or anybody like that. Like, not that he's not a very good player. I'm not knocking his talent, but at the same time, I can't sit up there and say that he's so far out of the tier of Zach and Demar either. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it's just, it's just his opinion, even though he's wrong. That's, that's all I chalk it up to. And you know, to the to the list, I I had this thought. Stephen A. Smith, when he does his A list or whatever he calls it, he likes to say it's fluid, right? And oftentimes he's very wrong with those lists, uh, just completely off. And that's how I look at this list. This list is just teams that are kind of streaking right now. Okay, the Suns have been playing well. The Grizzlies have been playing well. The Warriors, I think they were like on a four-game losing streak or something like that. The Heat, okay, they were number one in the East. They play tomorrow. We'll see how that goes. The Sixers, up until getting you know the brakes beat off of them the other night, okay, they were they were streaking too. The Cavs have been playing solid. The Celtics are on a streak. The Bucks are you know the defending champs. Mm-hmm. And like nobody's, I don't even, I couldn't even tell you what's going on with the Nuggets, just to be completely frank with you. And the Raptors have been streaking, so that's why I see it. Like while the Bulls are on what a five-game win streak now, mm-hmm. like I, I just think it's this narrative of them flying under the radar, which is fine because at the end of the day, these power rankings mean absolutely nothing if you don't win a championship. You could be number one in the power rankings all year long. If you don't got that chip, it means absolutely nothing. Yeah, but it's like when you talk about these power rankings, Greg, it's more about respect. And I feel like the Bulls, the way they've played in the first half of the season, because this was the last game before the All-Star break, and they, I wouldn't say ended it off with the best record because Miami still plays tomorrow against the Hornets, so they have a chance to tie it up and take it back in in, in Charlotte. And um, they had a tough loss last night to the Timberwolves, so maybe Charlotte will be up and Annie – you know, to, to get a win going into the all-star break. But it's all about respect. And I feel like the Bulls have earned that respect, at least in the first half of the season. And I'm a guarantee that they're not going to be a playing team. I don't care how many games is between now and the 11th. I mean, between where we are right now and the 11th spot. I think it's like 22 or something like that. Something right. Like that. But I just can't see the Bulls playing that bad of a basketball in the second half to drop all the way to 11th. They got to really be dogging it. Yeah, you, you know, with these power rankings and with the way the Bulls are nationally, this mm-hmm. is how I kind of view it. I think people are looking for reasons of why not to pick the Bulls instead of reasons why, mm-hmm. right? Like, when you talk about Brooklyn, you talk about Milwaukee, when you talk about Phoenix, when you talk about Golden State, they look for reasons to pick them, right? Oh, they have Steph. Oh, they have Durant. Oh, I know that right now, but they have this reason, right? Like, the Bulls are just winning, and then they look for reasons why not. Well, is DeMar really an MVP? Oh, what about that, right? Like, they look for reasons to try to poke holes in it. And again, the Bulls have just been winning. Like you said, they've been hanging around that one, two, three spot all season. But even with that, people are still looking for reasons why not. And that's fine, right? Like, all, all the Bulls have to do is just keep winning. That's all that matters. Okay, you don't believe in us? That's fine. And the and the crazy part is they're not even healthy yet. But here's, like, 
it's only thing. gonna get better. Right. But my thing is this, Greg. I don't want nobody that's listening to this podcast because we do have some listeners that probably aren't Bulls fans and probably just wants to listen, you know, to hear what we're talking about. But listen, I'm not biased. How many times on this on this podcast, Greg, have I ripped my own ball club and said the Bulls have to do this better? They have to protect the paint. They have to play for 48 minutes. I've attacked my own team on many occasions. So I'm not a biased guy. But all I'm saying is if you get put your foot in your mouth and you're caught in a caught in a wrong, admit you were wrong. There's no way in hell this team is going to be a playing team. So right then and there, he was wrong, Greg. He's already proven wrong. So to say you're still sticking by your guns even though you were wrong, that's just like you're in denial. This Chicago Bulls team has earned my respect this year because to have so many guys out. And, Greg, when I looked at how many players they had out against every contender that they lost to, they were never healthy against any of these contenders that they lost to. So for the NBA and these analysts to say, and Nick Fredella say, oh, well, they never beat anybody important. Well, they need all the players. If I take Alonzo Ball and I take Caruso and I take Levine out, let, all right, let's just take the Bulls out of the equation. Let's take the Suns, for instance. If I took CP3 away from them, Devin Booker away from them, DeAndre Ayton away from them, and I expected them to beat the Warriors or a top team in the league, is that being fair, Greg? They're not going to have a shot. They're going to have a chance, but a very small one, Greg. But no team can beat teams with their without their best players. And I feel like the league is really being unfair to the Bulls and judging them like they're healthy and they completely have full strength. When they know daggone well, this team has not been healthy for the entire season. They've we every single game, Greg, we played, we've had we had major guys out. Yeah. So it's yeah, not yeah. me being biased. I'm just speaking facts. You can't take yeah. a team's best guys away from them. And expect them still to produce just like they did when the best guys were there. Because if that was the case, Greg, we wouldn't need to sign those guys. They were signed for a reason. Because they're needed on the team. Yeah. Yeah. But like like you said, at the end of the day, it's about respect, right? Like, so like you said, wherever wherever the chips fall this year, right? Like, let's say the Bulls win a championship or they go to the Eastern Conference Finals or whatever, even if they get bounced in the first round, wherever, wherever they fall, right? Next year. I'm pretty sure from all these analysts, you're going to hear, oh, the Bulls are coming. Oh, the Bulls are not a playing team. The Bulls are one of the top teams in the East. You're going to hear that. But like I said, right now, they're looking for reasons why not. And that's that's all it is. Like you said, like with the Nets, right? Like their whole team is out. And the consensus is, oh, when KD gets back and, oh, when Kyrie plays, then they'll be fine, right? But like mm-hmm. you said, they didn't do that with us, right? Like it was – Okay, well, they have injuries. Well, I don't expect them to be as good as they are anyway, so that's fine. But like I said, we'll we'll see come playoff time if their tune changes. Yeah, we will see. Kobe White on his birthday. Happy birthday to Kobe White. And it was Derrick Jones' birthday. So we're wishing both of them a happy birthday. Derrick Jones was yesterday. Kobe's was today. On his birthday, Kobe had 31, six assists, and, and five rebounds. Kobe White is my player of the game, Greg. Yeah, Kobe likes playing against the Kings. Last year, he had a season high of thirty six playing against the Kings. So that uh-huh. that's it. That's his go to team to go off on. And you know, again, ha- happy birthday to those guys. But it just you know happened to fall on his birthday too. So I feel like he was a little extra motivated to uh to show up tonight. 
yeah, uh, he, he he played a hell of a game, especially with Zach being out. Like the past couple games, to be honest, like Kobe's really been stepping up in Zach's absence. But that's why he should. That's why I get upset with Kobe, man. Because I know, and when I get upset with these guys and I vent on these guys, Greg, listen, I'm a Bulls fan. At the end of the day, I, I want the best for these guys. But I feel like they don't go out there and give their all unless they're motivated or they're feeling good today. Listen, you don't have a choice to, like, just pick and choose when you want to do your job. And Stephen A. was talking about that. We probably talked about it in the other podcast, but he's saying in a, in a collective bargaining agreement, the, the owners are going to have a field day with the players because they feel like they're paying the players and the players are sitting out when they feel like it and everything. But that's a conversation for another day. I feel like if Kobe White brings it, he can give this effort every night, and it makes us harder to beat. Same for Vooch. He's been playing in the post. He, 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 I, I like this new Vooch. This new Vooch is scary. That attacks the rim when you leave the lane open. He's not going to shoot a jump shot. He's going to put pressure on you to stop him in the paint, which I haven't seen anybody do it, Greg. So all of these guys have to play to their strengths, and they have to play hard. Playing like this, Greg, all of these guys playing to their potential and playing their best, I can honestly say I don't see anybody beating us in the Eastern Conference. I really don't. The only team I can really think of is the Miami Heat because let me tell you what, Greg, I watch a lot of the Miami Heat's games. as a, From a defensive standpoint, as a team, they have the best team defense I've seen in the East, the Miami Heat. So that's a team that, you know, I feel like we're going to bump heads with them down the road and we're fighting and jousting back and forth with them for the first, rec- first record in the East. But long story short, this is what Kobe White, potential is and he need to give this us every night not when he feels like doing it so yeah i think that that's where the frustration comes in i mean like you said with Vooch, with kobe with a lot of these guys it's the fact that you see the potential you see the ceiling and it's inconsistent mm-hmm. and it's like why why can't you give me something like this every day like am i expecting kobe to come up and put up 31 every night no that's not gonna be realistic but, you know, could you, you know, if you're coming off the bench, could you give me somewhere around like 17, maybe four or five assists, mm-hmm. three, four boards? I think that's a realistic expectation. But, you know, there's times when he just comes out and he's just cold and like he look, it looks really bad because like he, the one thing, like he, he's going to keep shooting regardless you know, if he's, if he's 0 for 20 or if he's 20 for 20, he's going to keep shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that that's the kind of thing is really like just wanting consistency from this guy. Like like you said, like I don't I I can't sit up there and say that it is his motivation or what it is, but like I I really I from him and Vooch, I I really would like consistency out of both of them. And maybe it is them trying to figure out their roles because throughout the season their roles have changed like dramatically with guys being out, injuries, all this has gone from, okay, well, we need you to come off the bench to, all right, well, now you got to start. Well, okay, you're just going to be a complimentary starter. You're maybe our third or fourth option to, okay, now you're the second option. You know, to, so a lot of it has shifted. So maybe, like I said, if guys get back healthy, maybe they find their footing and settle into their roles and they're comfortable with that. And, you know, like I said, Kobe can give you a good 17 off the bench. Uh, like a like a Vinny Johnson microwave type. Like I think he's very capable of that. Um, but yeah, I just I just really want consistency out of Kobe and and Vooch. Yeah, and and I think we can get it, especially from Vooch, because I think Vooch has has had a revelation. 
He now knows what he's supposed to do. He now knows what he's effective at. And I don't think it's no stopping him. I mean, how long he's been playing like this? That's it. <laughs> well, how long? How many games he been playing like this, Greg? Uh, probably about the last ten, I say, where he's actually been getting in the paint. Uh-huh. And you know, Stacey King even pointed this out on the broadcast, you know, a couple a couple games ago, that like when Vooch starts off in the paint and gets those easy layups, those easy baby hooks, uh-huh. and works his way out, he is a lot more effective than trying to work, you know, from outside in. Right. You know, one he you know he starts jacking up those threes. He's missing them. You see his confidence start to wane, and then he starts slacking in other areas. But what you know, once he starts off two for two, three for three, whatever, kind of in the paint, working in the paint, you see he's confident. He's feeling himself. He's active on the defensive end, and then he may you know step out free throw line jumper, and then maybe step out for a couple of threes. He knocks one, two down, or whatever. But you see he's confident at that point. So we got to get him going in the paint first before he tries to step out. And I feel like when he's established himself like that, it kind of throws teams off because they have to scramble and then they have to uh, be accounted for on two sides of the court. They have to be account. They have to account for the the basket in the, in the middle of the paint. And they have to also account for the shooters and it kind of keep the defense in limbo and stop them from trapping the, the perimeter. So when you establish a big man, like who's down there, it kind of throws the defense off and makes the defense shift all over the court. And that kind of helps us, you know, as shooters and guys that are able to beat the defense off the dribble. Yeah, and that's and that opens up so much for everybody else. Like you said, if I have, if I'm forced to double team Vooch, okay, am I going to slack off Demar? I can't really do that. I'm gonna slack off of Zach. That's not a good idea. Mm-hmm. Am I gonna slack off of Ayo? It's probably not a good idea either. Am I slacking off of Kobe? Nah, probably not a good idea. Do I leave Javante, which people have been doing? He's just going to back cut and get a dunk, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so. Which he did tonight. He not, a, not a dunk, but he got a layup off the glass. Yeah, yeah like, that's, that's what he, like, that's what he's been consistently doing. People are not paying attention to him. All right, I'm just going to back cut. I'm just going to back cut you to death until you stop me. All right, like. It, it opens up so much for everybody else when Vooch is in the paint and being aggressive. And it makes the game easier. It makes it easier for him because either you're going to double-team him and he's going to kick it out, or you're not, and he can just go to work. Uh, so it, it does make it easier for everybody involved. All right, Bulls fans, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to get into Zach Levine, his knee issues. He had to see a specialist, and there's a verdict. Craig is going to give you that verdict when we come back after this break. You want the most uncensored and unbiased podcast? The Bulls Guys Podcast, as only Kenyatta Wright and Greg Love can bring it to you. Follow us on Anchor, YouTube, and all social media platforms. You can use your support. How do you feel about the Bulls? How would you like to be on our show, The Bulls Guys Podcast, and give your thoughts on the team? Send us your emails at talkingbulls82 at gmail.com, and we'll be glad to have you on. All right, back on The Bulls Guys Podcast. So, Greg, um, Zach Levine had to see a specialist. His final game was against the uh, – not final game of the season, but just the final game that he played was against the – Minnesota Timberwolves back in Chicago, which we won. 
And um, he had knee soreness, it was reported after the game, and uh, was told that he had to see a specialist from multiple reports uh, reporting that he had to go see a specialist in California. And you have an update for this knee issue that Zach has gone through, which is the highlight of our show tonight, one of the highlights. Yeah, so Jamal Collier of ESPN uh, reported that he went out to L.A. It went very well. Uh, he's going to come back after the All-Star break, and they don't feel like he's in any harm's way of continuing to play. Uh, Billy Donovan noted that after the report, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so it sounds like really he just needs some rest, so the All-Star game would be uh, All-Star break would be a good time for him to get some rest and kind of heal up. I don't know if he's going to play in the All-Star game. They didn't note that. Um, but we'll we'll kind of see about that. Uh, probably hear about that in the next day or so, I would assume. Uh, well, if he does replacement or not. Okay. Well, if he does play, Greg, I would say that he you keep his his minutes to a minimum. I would just go on for five minutes. Yeah. Just to get up and down the floor, and then I would sit for the rest of the night. I wouldn't want to risk my knee, but he do want to show his face because this is his second All Star selection, and it took him years to even make his first. So this is a very important game to Zach. And, you know, I've read comments online through various sources and various websites of how much he feels about the All-Star game. And he wants to be one of the first guys to win the shooting contest and the dunk contest. Yeah. And nobody has done that in NBA history. And he wants to be one of the only guys to do that. So he's very passionate about this night. And I don't believe he's not going to play. I believe he is going to play. But to hear the news that you no know, nothing serious, uh, it's not going to keep him out any serious time going forward. I think that's big news, and um, for the Bulls fans, alongside with this Tristan Thompson news. But you know that's good that we got that verdict out there that Vacavina is not going to miss any major time. Um, our next game is against the Hawks on the twenty fourth, and the Hawks are five and five. They actually won the night as well. Uh, Trey Young had forty one and nine tonight. Uh, I forgot. I forgot who they played. It loses my mind right now who they played, but they did win the night. And they're five and five. They're in the tenth spot right now in the Eastern Conference. Greg, um, what do you think about the Atlanta Hawks? The Bulls beat them twice already, two and zero against the Hawks. Um, do you think that's a game that we probably won't even need Zach Levine for them? Uh, I mean, I think this is a game where. Or we might not need him, but I think it would be a good kind of game to get him back into the flow of things. Mm-hmm. Not that you need to play him, you know, 40 minutes or whatever. But if you play him, you know, 15, 20 minutes or something like that, just to kind of get back in the game shape, make sure that knee is good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is this will be a good game because Atlanta likes to run. So I think, I think it'll be a good test for him to see how he's feeling. Well, they beat the Orlando Magic tonight 130 to 109. And I believe that was on the road in Orlando. Orlando kind of cooled off, Greg. They were they was looking pretty promising there for a little bit, um, playing really, really inspiring, tough basketball. Yeah, um, I think I think everybody's coming back down to earth. You saw Houston earlier in the season when they kind of went on their little run. It's, uh-huh. it's kind of funny. It seems like when these bad teams are on their little runs, they just happen to beat the Bulls. Uh-huh. Um but yeah, I think everybody's kind of coming back to earth now. Um, not worried about Orlando or Houston or anybody else. But um, as far as other Bulls injuries, um, Alex Caruso 
may be cleared to resume dribbling or shooting drills. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said in the next seven to ten days. Now they mentioned this on the Bulls broadcast this evening, and Jamal Collier put it shortly after the All Star break. So, kind of the same time frame. Everybody's starting to get back healthy. Lonzo's walking without crutches. Got a mid to late March return. And, you know, like we kind of mentioned about Patrick Williams, it seems like he could also come back towards the end of the season. So we're starting to get healthy. And mm-hmm. that should be pretty scary for the league, right? We, as of tonight, again, we kind of put that with the, you know, with the little asterisk because Miami plays tomorrow. But as of tonight, we're the number one seed and we're not healthy. We've been missing our best guys have been out for different stretches of the season. And we've still been hanging in there. Now we're all starting to get back healthy. And that's going to be a problem, especially heading into the playoffs when, uh, you know, Alonzo will be back, Zach will be back, Caruso will be back. You know, these guys, these guys will be back. And then working that into the rotation with Javante, Tristan Thompson, Vooch, DeMar, who's been playing out of his mind. Is This is going to be a team that nobody wants to see. It's kind of similar to your uh, San Francisco 49ers, the team that nobody wanted to play. The Bulls are that team. That I'm pretty sure nobody's going to want to play come playoff time. Let's just hope we don't got a Jimmy G on this team. We knock him out of this, the, the the frame right now, <laughs> out of the fold right now. That you don't want to have him choking on us at the end. Well, uh, Brooke, say that again. He'll probably get released. Whoever that Jimmy G is on the Bulls will probably get released when everybody comes back. Exactly. Well, the Brooklyn Nets won tonight, one eleven to one hundred six. If the playoffs started today, the Bull, the Brooklyn Nets beat the New York Knicks. But if the playoffs started today, the Bulls will be playing the Nets in the first round, and that's for the eighth seed. Uh, got some other scores around the league, 46 to 39 in the second quarter, 334 in the fourth. That game is on ESPN, the Jazz and the Lakers, the Jazz over the Lakers, 46 to 39. You also have the Nuggets and the Warriors, the Warriors leading the Nuggets 62 to 54 late in the second. So there's some, some good matchups tonight. Yeah. What have, have, uh, what playoff implications possibly? positioning before the all-star break. I I will figure a lot of teams just trying to get these final wins. I think you always want to win going into the all-star break, right? You just want to go into the break knowing that you took care of business the first half of the season. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You kind of want that momentum too going in, coming off of a win as opposed to coming off of a loss. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I think, you know, especially towards the, like you said, the last game kind of for everybody, collectively they're going to be going hard at it and then you know coming out the gate after the all-star break the bulls are going to have to kind of run the gauntlet as far as their schedule i mean they like you said they got they got atlanta you know right right out the gate i know we got miami one of them games too yeah we get it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be a little tough we got atlanta then we got memphis we got miami atlanta again milwaukee philly then detroit then cleveland so, oh, we owe Philly and we owe Milwaukee. So, listen, I'm not running from anybody, man. I would like to see how we match up against them now, especially since we're going to get Tristan Thompson. We actually have a big, yeah, bring on, bring on the noise, bring all the smoke. I don't care. You know, matter of fact, bring on the smoke when we didn't have Tristan Thompson. I still wasn't afraid of anybody. I just knew we had a weakness. But now that we got a big man, it's like, man. I would have preferred he got one more big, but you can't, uh, beggars can't be choosers too much. At least he went and got somebody, you know, where I can't say anything much to AK. 
But what do you think about the Bulls' performance in the first half of the season with all the injuries, um, missing guys due to COVID? They had each and every one of their players missing games from DeMar DeRozan to Zach Levine, every single important player. And to have different lineups every single game, every other game with guys being out, to have bench players be forced to start that normally don't start, to play with G-leaguers, having to pick up G-leaguers, two G-leaguers we have on the team, Greg, all of that we've been through. To still be number one in the Eastern Conference, how do you judge the Bulls' first half of the season? Well, I guess let me start by saying this. You know, you, you talked about Nick Friedel earlier and, you know, sticking his guns or whatever. First, I'll have to admit that I was wrong. I know, like, in our first podcast, I said I wasn't sure how the DeMar and Levine fit would go. Uh, so I was wrong. I'll admit it. Um, but with that said, like, they've exceeded my expectations, especially when you take into account all the injuries and COVID and everything and how – you know, it's just been, okay, we're going to sign this G League. Okay, we're going to sign this guy off the street. All right, well, it's just pretty much going to be DeMar, do your thing, or it's going to be Zach. You're going to have to score because, you know, everybody else is out. Vooch was out for a stretch. And like you said, everybody's been out with COVID or injury or both. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, to still be the number one seed right now, like – it, they've exceeded my expectations. I would have thought that, you know, during these stretches with guys being out, like especially with the way DeMar was playing, um, that I, I thought they would have slipped down. Like I I wouldn't have been surprised if they were slipped down in like fifth or sixth, but they never did. They just held on and kind of held, like I said, one, two, or three. That's kind of where they hovered the entire time. And, you know, nationally everybody's just kind of waiting for them to falter and they haven't right like i think that's a testament to them as much as you know we kind of get on them about some of their weaknesses and sometimes you know guys aren't playing well but you know they collectively especially with everything that's been going on they've played out of their minds right to be at this position in the first half of the season like it it's 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 great right like and i my hope is the second half of the season, you know, we just continue this and get healthy and add, you know, like you said, add Tristan Thompson, add these pieces and go ahead and make a run at this, make a run at the chip. And I think the Bulls deserve their flowers. So you fans that are listening to this podcast, please give me your comments below. What do you think about the Bulls season um, to, for them to go through everything they've been through and still finish the first half of the season with the best record currently in the NBA, in the Eastern Conference. How do you feel about that? Comment below. Let us know your thoughts, man. Um, uh, we can, you know, use some encouragement also on the podcast. But let us start, you know, hearing from our fan base and what y'all think of the show and what y'all think about what we're talking about, our dialogue. But personally for me, I think it shows incredible character and it just speaks volumes as to how good we're going to be when these guys get back that we're missing and it's going to be scary for the entire league. And there's been a lot of chirping, a lot of talking, a lot of talking over us and disregarding us. Oh, they're talking about all these other teams and not mentioning our name. That's okay, man. It doesn't matter. Whether you mention us or not, we're still going to wreck things. You know what I'm saying? We're still going to be in the thick of things. We're still going to be a team that you have to deal with. It's not like if you don't talk about us, like anything that you're saying or disregarding is going to make us go away. We're not going away. If COVID couldn't make us go away, 
Taking our players couldn't make us go away. None of these factors could make us go away, Greg. These analysts not picking us, that's the slightest of our words. Dang, that definitely ain't going to make us go away. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Like I said, like them searching for reasons not to, that's fine. They're just going to have to eat crow at the end of the season Mm -hmm. when, you know, they see us still doing well. And all they can say is, oh, well, I, I, I guess, or I could, you know, like, that's all you can do is just stutter. I mean, the, the Bulls are doing, that's all, that's it, you know, the Bulls are just winning. That's all they've been doing, just winning, regardless of the outside noise, you know, kind of going back to when we talked about a few episodes ago about the Slam article, right, like, DeMar and Zach knew it would work straight off the bat, right? And you bring in Caruso, and, you know, you bring in these different guys, and, their focus is on winning a championship. That's it. Like, mm. even though nobody else sees this as championship or bust, that seems like the mentality that these guys have, right? Like, they're trying to win now. This isn't a three, four year plan. Like, no, this is we're winning right now. We're going for it all right now, mm-hmm. and that's the attitude I feel like you you should have. You should want to win. You should every year you should go into the season thinking that we're the best team. We should win the championship this year. And I think that with the attitude and the way that they're playing, it's showing like it is showing that the bulls believe they are the best team in the league and they should be talked about when we're talking about championship contenders and they should be respected and they're going to force everybody to respect them. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to go into a personal point of my life, my Chicago Bulls story. I actually had an opportunity the trial for the Chicago Bulls D-League team, a person like me that grew up, you know, wanting to be played for the Chicago Bulls. And listening to Ayo Dasumu's interview on, the, you know, Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast, you know, I was inspired to tell my story, you know, because I was like, he's basically living the dream that I wanted to live. Um, but we're going to talk about that when we come back from the break. Stay right there, fans. Stick with us right after this. Want the most uncensored and unbiased podcast? The Bulls Guys Podcast, as only Kenyatta Wright and Greg Love can bring it to you. Follow us on Anchor, YouTube, and all social media platforms. You can use your support. The Bulls Guys Podcast, formerly known as the Talking Bulls Podcast, the most up to date Bulls news, rants, and in your face. Blunt opinions. Follow us on YouTube, Anchor, and all social media platforms. All right, we're back on the Bulls Guys podcast. And before we went to break, I was uh, talking about my life as a basketball player. I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. And uh, I started playing basketball when I was 13. And ironically enough, when I first started playing the game, I had a black Michael Jordan jersey on from champion had red letters on it and I used to play in gym class with that same Jersey every day and um, watching Michael Jordan when I was a kid, I never played, but I used to watch him. I think it was in 1991. I seen my first Michael Jordan game where he was, you know, in the corner, I think it was 91 or 92. I don't remember. Um, actually it was one of those years where he was in the corner, the Knicks had him trapped in the corner and he just spun around Greg baseline and, and dunked on like two Knicks players and then started screaming at the camera. And I just thought he was badass. And 
I always uh, admired Michael Jordan, and that's how I became a Bulls fan, seeing him destroy the Knicks. And I just thought he was God's gift of basketball. And when I finally decided to play basketball, it was like I could just envision myself playing for the Chicago Bulls. Never thought I'd have a shot at it, but, you know, I went on to get cut from my first three um, selections for the for my high school team. I never got selected. I got cut. And I used to go home and cry, man, and, like, never thought I would make the team, you know. And me and the gym class teacher, Mr. Butler, of Erasmus Hall High School in Brooklyn, New York, on Bedford Avenue, they liked each other too much. And I felt like that was a big reason why I didn't get picked up. So I kept playing and, and, and going home at night and training in the park. And, you know, I finally got my opportunity my last year of high school when I moved to York, Pennsylvania, and started playing for the Christmas out of Youth Bill Eagles. I was a 12th man on that team, but, you know, I was just a, a, a add-in to that team. They already had their team, and the coach just seen me practicing in the gym one day and training, and he said he wants to pick me up on a team. So that's where my journey started, and then I got recruited to Daddy Stevens College back in Lancaster, PA, by Wayne Walters. Isaiah Anderson was my high school coach, but Wayne Walters was the guy that recruited me to Daddy Stevens College in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And I tore my knee my very first year and got redshirted. And that was basically, I thought the end of my basketball career, but then I would go on to, you know, play semi-pro in, in, in Brooklyn, New York at Prospect Heights High School. I was playing, you know, pickup uh, and, and semi-pro for them. And then uh, I kept training and I set a goal for myself to go to Chicago and try out for the NBA Development League, which was the Iowa Energy, the Chicago Bulls Development League team at that time. And I remember the night before that, it was a game in the United Center. I believe the Bulls were playing against the Orlando Magic, I believe it was, or the, the Washington Wizards. And I remember going down to the broadcast booth and talking to Stacey King right before the, the, the day that I was the trial for the team, Greg, for, the, for that D-League affiliate. And this was just so cool that I'm talking to one of the guys that I idolized and watched growing up. And the next day I'm trying out for the, for the actual team that they, they picked their players from. And Stacey King said he didn't know much about the development league, but I found out that was a lie because he talks about it so much on the air. So either people pitched him about it or he didn't know, but you know, long story short, we, I talked about, you know, the butterscotch joke that he used to do with Neil Funk and we were sitting out there busting it up and, Bill Wennington was right there too, hitting on these young girls. And it was just amazing. Like I was around these guys, but they seemed like just regular guys, you know, after watching them for so many years, but going to the trials, man, um, to be honest with you, I didn't think I had it. You know, my knee was not right, but for some reason, I just wanted to try out in Chicago. I wanted to try out for the team that started me playing basketball so many years. And whether I made it or not, I was going to give it my all. And whatever happened after that, you know, I would just accept it. So I ended up making the third cut and ultimately did not make the team, did not get picked to make the team. And, you know, ever since that, Greg, it's just been heartbreaking for me to see people like Ayo that had had a chance to live out their dream and become a Chicago boy that's from Chicago. And I just think that's so cool, man. And I'm just so happy for players like him that actually get to live their dream, like Dwayne Wade and people that were from Chicago and dreamed about playing for the Bulls. And here I was, I wasn't a New York guy, not from Chicago and still had the same dream as them. So if I ever had a chance to work for the Bulls or even cover them, 
which I did for Fansided, you know, was, was an internship, but not actually working for the Bulls, but it was as close as I got. So that's what it also inspired me to do this podcast, man. You know, I'm very inspired to do anything with what regard to the Bulls because it makes me feel like, uh, you know, I accomplished that dream that I failed at, Greg. Right? Yeah, man. I mean, that's that's a really cool story, man. Like, chopping it up with with Stacey King. And the trials was in Hoffman Estates the next day, and I was talking to Stacey King. I went to the game. And then I was able to walk all the way down to the broadcast booth and bust it up with Stacey King right there in the middle of the, the middle of the floor, of United Center. And I think that gives you know real perspective on, for one, like really what it takes to make it to the league, and also the hard work that you know a lot of these guys, you know, like you and other people that nobody really sees or thinks about. Mm-hmm. I feel like that it, it really gives creators a perspective and just talking about your passion and how much like you really, really care about this team. I <laughs> love this team. Uh, I love this team a lot, man. Yeah, like it's not it's not just you talking, you know, from this break like, yeah, you're a fan, but like everything is coming from a very real place, right? Like it's not just you being one of these guys on the couch, you know, screaming and yelling, like, no, like this is, you know, all coming from a very real place and you have your own journey and, you know, sharing it with everybody. Like, that's that's amazing, man. And that's why, like, I'm so hard on these guys, Greg, and people look at me as a Raven maniac online, not knowing I had an opportunity to play for the Bulls and I got that close to it, you know? It was like I was actually touching it, touching my dream or seeing it right, you know, in the middle of like right on the other side of a glass and I'm on the other side of thin glass and it's that close. And when I see these guys just take the, take their jobs for granted, man, it's like, man, I dreamt to be in that spot you're in and for you to not want to come to work and for you to not want to work hard and for you to not want to play and give you all for one of us historic franchise. It's like, it hurts me, man. So I just, I'd be wanting these guys to go out there and just give it all, give it all on the line, man. You're living a dream that other people, Wish they could have had, right? Yeah. Yeah, man. That's, that's a really good point. Right? Like, you shouldn't really take these opportunities for granted as much as people don't don't think about it. Because there are people who weren't able to live out that dream, right? Like, so you should be appreciative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's my story. Yeah, I think I think that's a good way to wrap it up. I I don't got anything that's gonna even come close to topping that or anything. So we should think we should, you know, wrap it up. All right, fans, we're gonna go into my final word, and when we come back from my final word, we're gonna wrap up the show right after this. The Bulls Guys Podcast, formerly known as the Talking Bulls Podcast, the most up to date Bulls news. Rants and in your face blunt opinions. Follow us on YouTube, Anchor, and all social media platforms. Final word. Number one, 
Number one is where every team wants to be. But not every team can achieve that. Tonight, the Chicago Bulls achieved that. Together, as a team, one unit, striving to achieve one goal. But now it's the All-Star break. The All-Star break is where you rest up and prepare your troops for the second half of the season and the playoffs. The Bulls are ready. The Bulls are ready to rest up and get ready for the second half. As they get all of their troops back, the Bulls must realize that the road ahead is tougher than the first. But the battle, the journey that was just traveled, has prepared us for the second journey. And with that second journey on its way, we stand as a unit. We stand as a family. We stand ready for the challenges that lie ahead. All right, back on the Bulls Guys podcast. So, Greg, another one in the books. Another one bites the dust. The Bulls kick the dust on the Sacramento Queens and take them down and end their season as the number one seed. Right where they belong, a historic franchise like the Chicago Bulls belongs on top of the East. Not in the middle, not on the bottom, on the very top. And I can say on this night, Greg, I'm very proud of these guys. Yeah, man. They, they've they played well throughout the entire first half of the season. Um, they fought through adversity, lots of adversity, injuries, COVID, all of that stuff. And to finish the first half as the number one seed, you know, as of right now, like that, that really says, you know, like you, like you said, like it really goes to their character and their belief other in their drive to make a run in a championship so I got you know as much as we get on them on the podcast and you know we talk about things that they should be doing and things that they can improve on man like I'm honestly like I'm proud to sit up here and say like I am a Bulls fan like I'm proud of what this team has accomplished so far and I'm just looking forward to you know good things and success coming in the second half of the season nicely said greg nicely said greg please like and subscribe if you haven't done so already again both fans again fans around the world it brings us great pleasure to have you guys support our podcast for the ones that did do it and for the people that are listening thank you for taking the time out to listen and support but also like and subscribe to the channel because that also supports us and helps us to keep on bringing you great content. Thank you for joining us tonight. It's been a pleasure, especially on the Bulls win. And we'll see you guys in the second half of the season as we're going into the All-Star break. So me and Greg won't be back until about February 24th. We decided to cover that Hawks game or one of those games after February 24th. But we're going to take a little break, Greg. Until then, until we're back, let's go Bulls. Let's go get that championship. Oh, Bulls. Good night. Good night.